Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. I hope you got a bit spoiled this morning, maybe some brekkie in bed. You know, I was thinking about, I love seeing my kids come in in the morning with their special thing for me. They've got their little present and they've got breakfast that they've prepared. And when they were little, that was sometimes a bit exciting, right? I think my favourite one, the one that came to mind was the time I got fairy bread with my cup of tea. And, you know, it was just the most special thing that my kids could think of. (laughs) So I hope today was special or that you're going out for lunch or something. If not, guys, get organised. You've got a bit of time left. (laughs) Awesome. So I'm Pastor Beck, if you don't know me, and today I get the privilege of being able to bring the word. I'm not bringing a Mother's Day message, just putting that out there right now, but we are going to continue on our series of parables that changed us. And so mine, the one that I've chosen, is the parable of the lost coin. This can be found in Luke 15, 8 to 10. So I'm just going to read it now. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbours and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. So this woman, she's lost a coin. In the Bible, it says that these coins were drachmas. Now, a drachma was a silver coin that was used among the ancient Greeks. It was worth about a day's wage is what they say back in Bible times. So this coin would be worth between 220 and 270 Australian dollars today. So it wasn't just a coin. This coin actually had value. Coins were still not super common at this point in history. They were handmade and often had to be weighed to check their true value. Bartering was still a really common way to buy something. And so for this woman to have 10 silver coins was actually pretty significant. Maybe this was part... This lost coin could have been part of like a family savings or maybe like a dowry that she'd received from her husband when they got married. So when she lost this coin, she was completely committed to finding it since houses were, you know, have you ever seen in the, in the Bible movies, they're pretty low, made of mud, pretty dark inside. I can just see her lighting her lamp, <laughs> getting herself organised and checking every little corner, sweeping it out so she swept out the house, diligently searching until she found it. And when it was found, she told all her friends and they celebrated together. I was thinking when I read this, I lost my stone out of my engagement ring. Um, It was a while ago now, Nova was just little. And, you know, it's a big deal because that's a significant thing. It's a sentimental thing, not just a value thing. And so I was so focused on finding this stone. So we were living in central Queensland at the time and there's no woolies close by (laughs) when you live out a bit. And so I had to drive an hour to get to my closest Woolworths. So I would go fortnightly and buy a mega shop that would get me through the two weeks and I would come home and then I would traipse up and down my stairs like 10 times carrying everything up from the car. 
So when I lost this stone, it was right after one of those trips. And I'm like, oh. So I'm looking all through the house, all down the stairs, under the stairs, the front yard. We parked on the road because we didn't have a garage. So I was like on my hands and knees on the bitumen looking at all the little cracks. Anyway, didn't find it. So sad ending. But I searched for like two weeks solid. I was so focused on finding this stone. And in the end, it was fine. Like, we sent the ring away and got a new stone put in it. But I can only imagine how happy I would have been if I had found that stone. So the story of the lost coin is found right in between the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost son. And it clearly shows us God's heart for his lost children. God's love is so great for all of his people, and he will continue searching and seeking to bring every lost person back to him. And when the lost is found, it says that there is joy in heaven. They celebrate. They throw a party. So this series is called Parables That Change Us, and I'm going to share some things from this parable that have impacted me. The first one is a father's love. This parable, the lost coin, shows the love of our God, our father God. He's always seeking to connect with us, to bring us back into community with him, back into his family. He pursues us. He diligently seeks us, just like that lost coin, until we are reunited with him. Every one coin, every one person matters to God. He loves us. Now, we hear this often. God loves us. We sing it. We preach it. We teach our kids. We talk to people. God loves you. But sometimes I think it's easier to accept that God loves us from a king and his subjects perspective. Of course, a king loves his people and wants the best for them. But God is actually our father, our Abba, our daddy. And that is a very different kind of love. The love of a parent for their child. Now, I only know of my love for my children, a mother's love. But I'm going to assume that a father's love is similar. And I know that it's nothing like the love a king has for his subjects. Do we agree? Yeah. All right. As a mum, I want to give my kids everything. I love seeing them smile and get excited about things. I was recently out shopping with one of my girls. Actually, I think I had all three. And one of them was looking at this dress. And they loved this dress, super pretty, really expensive. (laughs) And um, it took everything in me not to pay for it. Even though she had saved up the money, even though she could pay for it and she was happy to. As the mum, I want to bless them, right? I want to buy them special things and take them to fun and amazing places to try to attempt to show them the love, the great love that I have for my kids. As parents, we also hate to see our kids in pain or hurting or lost. I would trade places in a heartbeat with my feverish child or the one that has to go in for surgery. I would give anything to take away my kids' anxiety or their sadness over a cruel encounter with a friend. When my Gloriana was little, about 18 months old, she got lost. Who here has lost a child at some point? Okay, so we were in Phoenix, Arizona, visiting Nate's mum. 
and we were helping with a children's Bible study in a projects type area. We were in a massive group, probably about 50 people, and I had left Glory with someone who in hindsight obviously had no idea about toddlers because they had put her down and she'd wandered off. So this was not a safe place to lose a child. She was missing for about 20 minutes. And let me tell you, they were the longest 20 minutes of my entire life. We had people shouting her name, walking up and down the streets looking for her. It was super scary. We ended up finding her playing Barbies in someone's living room like nothing was wrong. And I remember just grabbing her and like hugging her and crying and she was just so confused, like, what's wrong? I'm good. But that feeling is probably the closest that I've come to grieving a lost child. And I got her back (laughs) after 20 minutes. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a parent who loses a child or has a child who goes missing for years or maybe never comes back, is never found. My heart would break for that lost child and God's heart breaks for his lost children. Our Father God feels the same about us. A parent's love for their child. And that's why he was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice and sent his son to die so Jesus could make a way for us to get back to God. No wonder God celebrates every person who's found, every person that turns back to him, every single one of his kids who responds to his love and comes home. He is the almighty God who created the universe and he is also our father, our daddy God who loves us so much more than we can possibly imagine. The second thing I got from this parable is perseverance. The woman with the lost coin, she had perseverance. We talked about her lighting her lamp, sweeping through the house, searching until she found the coin. It doesn't tell us how long she looked, but it does seem like it wasn't found easily, doesn't it? Perseverance is continued effort or persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. In 2 Peter, we read, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance. But persevering can be really hard, can't it? In our family devotions, we've been reading in Acts recently. And this week, we read the part where the disciples are waiting for the Holy Spirit. It says that the believers waited for 50 days. Now, sometimes I forget these details. That's a really long time. 50 days between Jesus dying and the day of Pentecost. That's almost two months, seven weeks that they were in Jerusalem waiting and praying together. And then the Holy Spirit comes. And it's amazing. He comes with flames of fire and a mighty wind that can be heard even from outside the room. The believers are filled with the Spirit of God and are speaking other languages. People are coming running to find out what's going on. It was an incredible time and definitely worth waiting for. But it made me wonder, I wonder if any of those 120 believers who were gathered together, I wonder if any of them left in that time. The Bible doesn't tell us that they did, 
But it was just a thought I had. Maybe it was for a good reason. A lot can happen over seven weeks, can't it? So maybe they had a family emergency or something happened at work. Uh, Maybe it was just a really long time to wait. And so they continued on their usual life. But can you imagine missing out on the coming of the Holy Spirit because you weren't patient enough or persistent enough to wait? I felt really convicted this week thinking about perseverance. In my life, do I persevere? When things get difficult, because things get difficult, do I persevere in coming to the Lord regularly in prayer, in studying his word, in seeking him for his wisdom? When life is crazy and spiritually I'm feeling dry or far away from God, do I persevere in my time with the Lord? Or do I just read my little two-minute devotion on my phone and check it off my list for the day? Do I diligently seek him? Or do I get overwhelmed by my own difficulties, which are real and challenging? Do I neglect my time with the Lord and then wonder why I'm feeling weak and discouraged? The action or condition of persevering is steadfastness. Steadfast is a really good word. I would like to be described as steadfast, wouldn't you? Yeah, one of my favourite verses is Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You guys remember that old song? I love that song. It still comes to me often. Create in me a clean heart. Now, this was the prayer of King David, who was called the man after God's own heart. And it says at the beginning of this psalm that it was written regarding a time, the time that the prophet Nathan came to visit David after he'd committed adultery with Bathsheba. So this was a time where David had fallen down. He had messed up and he was now repentant and pleading with God for his mercy and compassion as he continued to follow the Lord, as he continued to persevere. I love this. David runs back to God and repents, asking for his help going forwards. And because David persevered, We know him today as the man after God's own heart, even though he wasn't perfect. The third thing is we are created to do life with God. This parable is about the kingdom of heaven and God's heart to bring all of his children home. We were never meant to go it alone. We need God's help. We need his strength and his guidance and support to get through the trials of life. We were created to live with God, just as the one missing coin left the nine incomplete, not a full set, just as the one missing lamb left the flock incomplete, just as the missing son left the family incomplete, God values each of us as the one who is missing. He won't be satisfied with most of his kids. He wants to be in relationship with every single one of us. That's why he pursues us like that coin. On Monday, I spent a little bit of time with my dad. And um, while I was there, I mentioned to him that one of my kids had a project that they're working on and they were wanting to get his help with it. But they'd been a bit hesitant because they knew that he'd been pretty busy. 
and they didn't want to bother him, you know, or get in the way. And he said to me, wait, Beck, you guys, my kids, my grandkids, my family, are my whole world. I want to help. I love helping however I can. Tell them to bother me. And I love that. His response reminded me of our Father God. He wants to help us. He wants us to bother him. And yet, so often when we struggle, we try and manage on our own. We pile on the burden and try to climb that hill without help. And then we wonder why we struggle. Now, I'm a bit of a perfectionist by nature. And so I often don't give myself much grace especially when I'm in a difficult season. I tend to convince myself that I should be strong enough or Christian enough to make it happen without help. And then I criticise and guilt trip myself when I can't do it. I'm also pretty stubborn and I try to do things on my own instead of going to the Lord for help. And it's silly because God is just right there waiting for me to include him waiting and wanting to be bothered by me and by you. It says in the word that our strength is in the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And one of my favourites, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ might rest upon me. I've known this since I was a child, and yet so often I don't do it. Instead of going to the Lord for his strength, I shoot myself in the foot by trying to do it alone. And then when I'm completely overwhelmed, questioning everything, wondering how I've dug myself into this hole, I realise I've done it again. And I go running back to God. I'm so grateful that we have such a faithful and patient God. Our Father God loves us so, so much. He cares about us and our current season in life, good or bad. He cares about all the little details. He cares about how our day is going. He knows these things. You know, those things we keep hidden away from others those feelings of being stressed or overwhelmed, of just feeling sad, maybe even depressed. Those feelings of wanting to give up or run away from the craziness of life, feelings of insignificance, feelings like we're not really good enough. That feeling that if people could really see inside us, if they knew how much we struggle, that they might view us differently. Or maybe they won't like us or respect us anymore. Our Father God knows all of those feelings. We can't hide them from him, no matter how hard we try. He knows our innermost being. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Our Father God cares and he promises to be with us through it all. He never said that just because we are Christians that we would have it easy or be exempt from life's struggles or stress. No, there's no promise of that. But in fact, it's actually quite the opposite in the Bible. 
there are so many scriptures about enduring through trials and difficulties. We will have difficult times in life, but God promises that he'll be with us through them. Deuteronomy says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. We were created to do life with God. He will give us what we need. None of us have the easy, perfect life, no matter how great our Facebook or Instagram may look, no matter how bright a smile we can put on for other people. We will all have difficult seasons that we need to walk through. But it is such a comfort to remember that we also have a God to turn to who loves us unconditionally, who gives us his strength and who helps us persevere in the face of adversity. We have a Father God who loves us more than we can possibly imagine. He wants us to persevere, to seek him and he promises to never leave us. It's good news. So I'm going to pray in a minute, but if something I've said this morning resonates with you, we are going to have the prayer team available at the end of the service, and I encourage you to come and meet with God. Maybe our Father God is calling you back to him. Maybe you just need to rest and let him bring his comfort and peace to you. Maybe you're in a difficult season and you need prayer for resilience and so that you can persevere through that season. Maybe you haven't been doing life with God and you want to change that. Whatever it is, our Father God, our ever-patient, loving God is just waiting for you. And the prayer team will be here. So please take advantage of that if that's you. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. You are an amazing God. And we will never fully understand the intricacies of who you are. But I thank you, Lord, for your unconditional love. I thank you that you see us as more than what we see ourselves at. You see past our insecurities and our issues and you see the people that you can grow us to be. So I thank you, Lord, for being there for us in every season. Thank you, Lord God.